There's no problem too big or small, no issue too hot or cold, and no subject these gentlemen won't talk about. Let's head into the lab to see what they're working to figure out today. Let's get into it and get down to it. Welcome to Figure It Out. It's George and... This guy, Centauri. This guy, Centauri. So... We wanted to talk to you a little bit about, we're actually going to uh, record two episodes today, and right now we're going to talk a little bit about what I think is a really, really important subject. Centauri does too, so it's not just me that thinks that. I think that there's also other people in the world that think that it's important. The idea of vulner- vulnerability and the role that that plays in being an effective communicator, mm-hmm. whether you're going to be, uh, if you're trying to, to teach somebody something or influence them. Um, convince whatever it might be mentor um, I think it's such an important thing and I think it also goes to goes to credibility I was listening to uh, a podcast which, nice. which, I, which I tend to do and I think it was Joe Rogan and the guy that he was or gal who he was interviewing told a story about the Dalai Lama and the story was that that a mother and her child came to the uh, showed up to see the, see the Dalai Lama, and she says, "Can you get my son to stop eating sugar?" And he looks at her and he says, "Well, come back in two weeks." So she brings him back two weeks later, and he looks at the kid. He says, "Stop eating sugar." And she's like, "Well, what the heck? You could have said that two weeks ago." He's like, "No, I needed to find out if I could stop eating sugar first. Ah, so <laughs> I love that. It's a pretty great story. I don't know if it's necessarily 100% on, on point. I wanted to tell it, number one, but it goes to the credibility piece. If you are if you are trying to, again, convince or sell somebody something or whatever it is or teach and you don't actually own it or you're not coming from a place where, where you've done the things that you're talking about, then I think you'll be less effective. And I think it also just adds to, you say credibility, and I think the idea is really just trust. So if you want to gain, if you want to build deep relationships with people, um, it really comes down to being vulnerable, being open, and really exposing yourself to just emotional risk. It's hard to have deep connections with folks if they're just surface level. So the idea that you can open up about failures, um, what you're scared about, what's happened to you, um, what you hope for or are worried about for the future in a way that people feel open to share those things with you is just, it's, it's paramount. Yeah. <clears throat> And that's just it, right? It's like, why don't, why is it, it seems obvious to to be vulnerable, but our egos get in the way, the way that we want the world to perceive us gets in the way, the way that we think that we're supposed to act gets in the way. Uh, I can just tell you about my personal experience. I work uh, in the financial world and I do a lot of, of meetings for companies. So I'll go in front of a room full of people to try to get them to change financial behaviors if it's stop spending or saving more or whatever. And the first thing I always talk about every time is I share a personal experience about making stupid decisions with money, <laughs> about overspending, about buying a, a car that was too expensive or whatever it is, because I've, I've made all those mistakes through my 20s and part of my 30s and I still make stupid money decisions like everybody else does. But I lead with that and I tell people that, hey, everything I talk about, I talk about from personal experience. Right. Um, otherwise, people are going to look at me and think that I'm an a-hole. And Who's well, lecturing and pontificating, for that's, sure. That, that's exactly right. So, essential. It's, um, 
and I've, I've, I've told this story so many times, but it's been really important to me to talk to um, talk to people, especially young men, about the importance of just getting um, getting therapy. So therapy has been a really helpful thing in my journey, and it's one of the things that we as a society just simply don't talk about. And because of there's a shame aspect, there's stigma, there's whatever that might be. But it was helpful for me, or rather helpful to a, a colleague of mine who I, I was sitting with him, and we just we came out of something, and he I shared my story about about therapy. I was being vulnerable with him, and. And he came up to me after and was like, you know, you seem so well-rounded and even killed. I can't believe that you go to therapy. And I was like, well, it's because of therapy that I'm able to do those things. And it was like an aha moment for him. And he was, he has since got started a, a, a therapeutic journey of his own. But it's one of those things where I had to open up and be comfortable with exposing myself and some of the things that I've gone through and um, that drove me to uh, seeing a therapist and why it keeps me there. But without actually having that conversation with folks, I don't think he would have done that on his own. And it's also kind of demystifies the idea of that people who go through therapy are stigmatized. And so if more and more people would have that vulnerability around just really anything, and it's interesting because you have conversations with folks who otherwise you wouldn't think are, and then everyone, since I've started telling these stories and opening up, I meet with people time and time again, and they're like, oh yeah, I've seen a therapist for five years, I've just never told anyone, or of course I see a therapist, and it's a really important part of my life, and so even those folks, just being vulnerable would go a long, long way. Yeah, and that's really, I think, when, when I've made the probably the deepest connections with, with other people as well, is, is when somebody's really vulnerable with me, and maybe that sort of gives me permission to and, I, I, and, and, and then I want to share with them the experiences that I've had and let them know the mistakes that I've made or the feelings that I feel. Um, so I think that the value is, is, is immense once you start having those kinds of conversations. What do, you, of, what do you think keeps people from being vulnerable? Well, that, that's it, right? It's, it's shame. Mm. We could talk maybe just specifically about a couple of different subject areas. I think with money, it's definitely shame. Um, and it's the way that you were brought up. We have these oh, wow, kind of money scripts, right? And that's that's a pretty cool term that people have been throwing around lately. I just talk about it how you know how you were raised with money. If you had it, um, then you're probably comfortable with it. But maybe even if you did, um, <clears throat> maybe it was still something that you didn't talk about because it was gauche to think about or talk about that kind of mm-hmm. stuff. Uh, or maybe your folks argued about it. Maybe you think the people that have money are bad people. Hmm. I don't know, right? It's all those, so many different reasons that we don't necessarily talk about things like money. Yeah, money seems to be one of the one of the big things that people are just super, not secretive about, but like not open. Like you you have <clears throat> friends, family members, coworkers that are obviously, like it's, it's crazy for us to believe that everyone is a good financial situation, but that is exactly where folks perceive. And why wouldn't, I think you'd, you'd get so much more, in the, to, especially to this conversation, so much more out of a deep conversation about like, <clears throat> I'm really bad at just budgeting. And if someone could have that deep conversation and someone across from them would be like, I was too, or I am too, maybe we should do something together about this or let me show you this. But until you have that conversation, um, you're right, money is one of those few things that no one ever talks about. Yeah. When, what you just described is is the key to making those breakthroughs. Just the reason that that therapy has been effective for you and, and millions and millions of other people. It's verbalizing and articulating these right. things and making it okay and and making that connection with, with 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 another person that helps you to move past it. I think as a culture, we're we're more comfortable with sex, and that used to be another thing we would never fucking talk about ever. Right. right? Think about 
as far as some certain things like like gay marriage used to be a terrible thing nobody ever talked about and now from my perspective it's as commonplace and as accepted as anything else is right so things like that and think about tattoos man it used to be just if you were an ex-con or, or a sailor you had tattoos and now I think you and I are probably the only males in Scottsdale that don't have tattoos that's so funny you're right it used to be such a stigma but now it's like everyone has <laughs> that's so funny yeah we were on um, George and I were featured on a podcast yesterday and we had a good conversation around uh, a little bit about vulnerability but a lot about just like personal narrative and um, it's it's it would be great if we, as a society, could just have more conversations about everything. I was talking to a friend today, reflecting on George's, our, our time together yesterday, and it's like, why aren't we talking about gay marriage or race or sex or money or whatever it might be? The more that you can have that out in the open and just, as, as George put it, have a space where you could be like, I don't know these things, um, or I, I, I wish I could know a little bit more, but I don't have anyone to talk to about it. I think everyone has that one or two subjects that they would love just to talk to someone about, but people don't. Yeah, yeah. And I think that's part of the, the another one of the hangups that, that stops us from being vulnerable is not wanting to seem like you're dumb mm, or mm-hmm. uninformed or ignorant or a bigot or a sexist or what, whatever term you want to use. But there's certain stuff that is just so new in the culture. Mm. Like I, I see... I see these terms that are thrown around that I have no idea what no they idea. mean. Yeah, yeah, right. It's like, for example, cis uh, ma- male, whatever whatever it is. I'm like, I don't even know what that means. Right. I think it means a, a, a straight male, right? I think I don't know. Well, it's just, it, and, and it's, it's, it's all good. I mean, let's, again, have a conversation. But what stops us from being vulnerable, I think, is I don't want to seem dumb. I don't want to say the wrong thing. I don't want to step on a landmine or catch a grenade that, that I perceive oh, that people 100%. are throwing my way. 100%. Am I getting tricked into this? <laughs> right, right, right. There's a lot of that crap going on in, in, in the culture. I think it's also, um, you said something good about just, I, I, I remember, um, I forget what board I was sitting on, but I just implemented something that has been really helpful, which is um, ask a stupid question. So often in professional settings, everyone around the table is confused about what's going on, but no one will speak up and say, hey, I have no idea what that means. And once we started introducing that, it was so illuminating. People were like, I've been on this board for four years and I actually don't know what it means when you say that. And of course, management was like, I, I wish you would have said something earlier. Like we would, we could have gone through that. Right. But unless you allow for the space to just say, like, just ask the stup- something you think is stupid, just go for it. And if we could extrapolate that to just society about like, just... What is it? What is cisgender? Like, I, I have no idea, but I would love for someone to sit down with me with no judgment and kind of walk me through it. And that way we're both better off. Yeah. Yeah. I think that that's got to be, well, that's probably a reason that, that I'm pretty open about stuff. And I, a lot of the time I sort of enjoy uh, talking about these hot potato type issues, but I do it with humor. Yeah. Um, and I, so, but uh, so nine, 70% of it does come from a place of pure curiosity. <laughs> right. The other 30 is I'm, I'm interested in, in, in maybe pushing some buttons also just to right. see what well, happens. Because of course. But I think for most people, it really is just I don't want to sound stupid or if nobody else is talking about this, like the situation you had with, with that board. Well, if nobody's saying anything, well, then everybody else must know except for me. me. Right. Which, Which is not true. Not true, <laughs> not at, true all. at all. Yeah. Uh, out of all the things that I find to be sort of annoying with pop culture, one of them is this idea that 
Um, one of the things that I don't find knowing, I find it to be pretty funny, is just that idea that <clears throat> that it's all these other people who are pretending to be adults, right? I, 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 <laughs> yeah. I, I, I get a kick out of that. It's like I'm in this room with other people that are pretending to know what they're doing and be grown up. So at some level, you know, we're all flying by the seat of our pants. No one has anything figured out, which is a point of vulnerability. Even the most, you know, successful folks would be the good vulnerable ones would be like, I have no idea what I'm doing from day to day. I'm just trying to figure it out like you guys. Yeah. It was um, a good, we were meeting in, uh, we were in D.C. last summer and we were meeting with a really popular um, politician and um, he had dinner with us and he was very good at being vulnerable and saying like, you know, at the end of the day, I'm just trying to raise two kids. I'm just trying to figure it out like you guys. And it was really refreshing to humanize someone like that for him to be open and say, I don't have it all figured out. Like you see me on TV, you see me on these news shows, but at the end of the day, I'm just trying to make sure my wife is happy and trying to make sure that my daughters don't hate me, right? Like just like all of you. And it was a very, like, it was a great moment for people to be like, oh, this person just, they're elevated, but they, they have the same issues we all do. Right? Yeah. Feels the same way I do about stuff. It's irritated. He's probably tired. You know, she's, <laughs> she maybe wants something to eat. Who knows? We're all going through the same kind of a thing. Uh, there's a lot of talk, and I think it's good. I think sometimes when there's a lot of talk about a certain thing and mm. people are working towards it, it can be a good thing. And certainly authenticity, I think, is people are really trying to be an authentic leader or authentic this, authentic that, yeah. which is awesome. Right, 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 right. It's tough to figure out uh, in today's world because we do show up in so many different ways what my true authentic self is. That being said, I think that what you were just describing right there with somebody, if you're a president of a company or an association or whatever it might be, you have some kind of a stature that it's elevated a little bit and it probably everybody has that in their life with some other person. Mm -hmm. The more you can, again, be vulnerable and say, hey, you know, this is going on for me and I'm having these thoughts, I've got these hang-ups, I'm struggling with this. It humanizes you and that makes you authentic. Well, I wonder what, um, I agree with that, but I'm also interested in like thinking through what does it mean when it's commoditized? And so you have all these quote-unquote authentic um, leaders and, and, and people of influence and you see them, you have full access to their life via social media and you wonder how much of the authenticity is actually like doctored and that's well, 100% what uh, I'm saying uh, yeah yeah well it, I think it's all curated carefully very very carefully those are yeah those are people that make millions of dollars a year being authentic on Instagram and so quote unquote authentic yes well that right yeah it's yes so I, that's a lot of that is nonsense um, but for regular folks which just and, and it's yes so showing up in your life mm -hmm. The impact that you want to have, the people you want to influence, I think how you do that is by giving of yourself. Right. And being as honest as you possibly can be. I think that's absolutely refreshing to people. Um, and when the, at the end of the day, I think that you can then refer to that as, as, as being authentic and just being honest about the struggles you have, <clears throat> that you're a regular human being just like, just like the rest of us. How do you think our listeners can, I mean, I have some ideas, but I'm curious about you. How do you think our listeners can create some sort of um, opportunities to be vulnerable with folks? Like, what would you think is like a good first step? Yeah. Well, I think I think that, that the opportunity may be in the areas where you feel like you need to improve hmm. um, the interaction. So again, for me, it's professionally, it's really, it's setting expectations right up front. Hey, I'm going to be with you guys for 90 minutes here talking about budgeting or whatever 
But before I do that, I want to let you know how much <laughs> I hate budgeting and how, how, how sucky I am at it or have been in the past. So maybe you're having a hard time with, with, um, with a coworker. So it's a matter of, okay, the next interaction I have with them, I'm going to be vulnerable about a certain aspect of my life. Maybe, maybe you're a mentor to, to a kid, um, or maybe it's, it's your kid. Just be vulnerable, be honest about it. Don't, don't finger wag or, or pull too hard. Um, so I think that that's my advice is, is uh, try to look into the future a little bit about your next interaction where there'll be an opportunity to, to give of yourself and to be a little bit vulnerable um, and then do it. Yeah, I think um, in addition to that, looking to vulnerability to really be kind of the jumping off point for um yeah improvement and growth you know if you've read daring greatly which is a a wonderful book renee brown she talks about vulnerability being the birthplace of innovation creativity and change and i've been thinking about what that looks like and not just the workplace but in like friendships and so you have these friendships that are can be surface level or deep but you have these friendships for years and you think about wow i there are so many parts of me that I have not told even the closest people about what I've been or what I've gone through, but what if I did and what that could mean for our friendship and the relationship moving forward? So to our, our, our listeners, I would, I would challenge you to, to think of a friend or someone close to you and just have a conversation and tell them something that you've just never told them about yourself, something that's deep and personal that has really shaped your identity or been really um, meaningful to you that you've just not had you've not felt comfortable uh, talking with with someone else but I think if you just even do that with one person and see how far um, that takes the relationship I think you'd be pleasantly surprised yeah I'm sure I forget what the song is uh, I think it's Bittersweet by Big Head Todd mm. and the Monsters talk about we work our way around each other it's like we're all sort of <clears throat> you know I'm friends casually friends with, with a lot of people a lot of people right? and uh Every time I see some of these folks, we have a great time, but it's sort of superficial. So, yeah, if you're trying to deepen a relationship, for sure. I think that the more you give of yourself, the more vulnerable you are. You'll probably, you'll probably take that relationship to a whole other level. Is that what you're talking about? Yes, exactly. And they'll, they'll do a world of good for you as well, right? Yeah, it's uh, opening up to just opening up to folks I've seen, um, mostly because of the, my therapy journey. It's just having those conversations where you are vulnerable. It's just so it's so cathartic and it just makes you feel so good and it's also like I'm putting myself out there so however you receive that information is on you but I'm giving you my most authentic self and so it, it is what it is you either like it or you don't like it and I I am now removed from that because I'm just being me and how you react to it um, it's on you yeah I endeavor to I, I love the, the fierce conversation that book that came out and crucial conversations and all that you try to cut through the nonsense and actually get down to addressing the mm-hmm. real issues mm-hmm. and real problems I think that the only way that you're ever going to do that is by removing any barriers to that um, and that's if I'm being defensive right? Um, because I, I don't want to lose position whatever it might be there's a million different ways you know we, we're, we're all aware of, of playing poker right it's right like I've got my hand here and I don't know what your hand is but the more that we can lay our cards on the table and say hey here's where I'm coming from um, <clears throat> as difficult as that is and obviously you can't do that with everybody or, or perhaps, you perhaps you can yeah, yeah. you know 
That's do you, a dumb thing I just said. You could do that with everybody. Do you feel like you? Um, do you feel like you could have a vulnerable conversation with your parents, or do you feel like your parents had vulnerable conversations with you growing up? No, no, and yeah, and I would say the same thing for me. It's like um, I think a lot of us just everything was kind of behind closed doors and. There weren't those conversations that I wish I would have been able to have as a kid about like why these things are happening, um, which leads to my next question: How do you think you'll be? How do you think you'll model that with your son? I I had this great experience um, when I was twenty two, late late twenty two, early twenty three to um, twenty eight. I mm. had the opportunity to do. A ton, of, a, ton of, a ton of mentorship. I was chapter advisor to an undergraduate fraternity. And so I was pretty close in age, at least early on, to those guys who were 18, 19, 20 years old. And that taught me so much mm. about sort of the conversations we're talking about, trying to empathize and understand why it is that, that they're wanting to do the things that they're doing. <laughs> um, not that that was rocket science one way or another, but then listening and being empathetic and communicating back and, and helping them to helping them to, 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 to find the solution to the problems that they had. Um, so to answer your question, I'm going to do the absolute best that I can to be honest with with my son and, and, and future children about um, the reasons that I think that he should act in a certain way or change behaviors um, and be really as open and be really open and honest about the things that I've done in my past mm. in regard to yeah. uh, all the tough issues like sex and alcohol and drugs, right. uh, relationships, um, violent, whatever, all right. the things that, that a, I think at this point I have, I have a son and have another son on the way that boys will be into and in dealing with, with all, all those kinds of issues. So I will be as frank and vulnerable as I possibly can be. Okay. I love that. So check back in 18 years and see if my kid's in jail or if he's at, <laughs> if he's at, he's at or whatever. Like, oh, let's, uh, let's check the tape on this one. George effed up royally. Or he, uh, he, he, it sounds like he, uh, he actually followed through on the thing he, he followed he through. I'm pretty sure you'll follow through. Yeah. I have faith. That's certainly, uh, that's certainly in the attention. So. I think that the the world would benefit greatly from that if we could just cut the cut the nonsense also and stop trying to uh, shave off all the rough edges of things and get past all the euphemisms and political correctness and I don't want to call, call say call a spade a spade but be a little bit more direct about things right because ultimately that's what you're trying to get to right you're just trying to get to the heart of the problem and so there's so much. Um, protective gear and guard around a lot of these things and so being vulnerable and just opening up and saying saying what it is goes goes a long way that is literally what i'm trying to do in my life is to actually get to the root of the problem instead of just talking about the symptoms mm-hmm. and the only way we're going to do that is by getting through the bs and getting down to it so nice and there it is next problem <laughs> what else should we try to solve that's perfect all right man good job perfect thanks everybody before I go, quick announcement. I've been asked by so many people over the past couple of years about how do I start a podcast that I've developed and released a course that will teach you exactly how to do that step by step 
from figuring out the kind of show that you want to have to understanding how all the technology works behind it and then how to get great guests and uh, keep the thing moving and how to grow it. So if you're interested in that, check it out. You can go to georgegrombacher.com forward slash podcast course and you'll find it there. You can just go to the website. I'll also list that in the notes of the show.